checking, big check, vibe check. It's a vibe check. It's a vibe check, and the vibe has been checked. What's going on, everybody? Hello. Welcome to episode 46 of the show. We're here in my new space. It might be a little bit echoey um, because I haven't filled this room up yet. I just put the carpet down. I got to put some soundproofing up on the walls. Uh, but I moved. We're like 70% of the way there. I moved not to Texas or Florida. Um, or Utah, as uh, I, I did those Californians video. I just moved down the street. I'm still here. I'm still out in LA, um, but found a found a good spot, and uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to set up this uh, this room as as the podcast room and the production space. Um, we're almost there, you know what I mean. Uh, but for now, excuse the echo. I don't even know if there is one. I don't know if this is even going to be in focus. I'm shooting on a new camera. We're testing out new vibes, guys. Uh, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Blue Blocks. You already know the vibe, dude. Blue Blocks is my favorite company that makes uh, blue light blocking glasses. I wear these glasses day and night uh, when I'm staring at computer screens and staring at the phone, watching TV, whatever. Uh, they, they have a great line of products that uh, will help you get better sleep because it blocks the blue light given off by digital devices that has a proven effect on your melatonin production. So when you're up late at night, and you got itchy eyes, and you go to bed, and your mind is racing. It's because your melatonin production is low, uh, or so I've been told, and so that I've read. And when you wear blue blocks, like I do, they help. They'll help you go to bed. So I highly recommend. Uh, use promo code BPS for Brent Pelishow users for a 15% discount at blueblocks.com. Also, shout out to Cuts by Steve for the fresh cut, dude. Fresh lineup. At cuts underscore by underscore Steve on Instagram. I believe that's it. Um, dope dude, dope ride. He's got a limo service. The guy drives a, a limo bus and he'll come to you and cut your hair or he, or he has three shops all, all over, um, LA. So if you're in LA, get a cut by Steve, dude. Dope ass fades and blades, fades and blades. That was another, uh, Instagram handle that he had. So look him up and check him out. Um, yeah, dude, I've been moving lately. I, I moved into this new space. I'm super, super excited, um, uh, because, I'm going to do a lot of upgrades to this podcast, man. I'm, I'm actually going to put some effort into it. Not that I wasn't putting effort into it before, but you know, I started it and I was just like, yeah, let's fucking fuck around with this. Like it just so happened that I started it at the beginning of the pandemic. And, um, so it ended up being a really cool way for me to just talk and kind of do like, you know, run through bits cause I can't do stand up, And, and so it was basically a podcast is like doing stand up without an audience and, and with much less punchlines. Um, but it's, it's been fun and I'm excited to get this one to its full potential. Um, so I hope you like it and I hope it can keep growing cause I, I enjoy doing it. I think it's really cool. It's, it, it you know, uh, it doesn't take much effort because I'm just kind of hanging, you know, it's, there's no acting, there's no costume stuff. There's no writing. Like I write notes. I wrote a couple of things down that I want to talk about, but there's no like script, you know what I mean? So, uh, I like it. I, I hope you do too. I really do. I hope if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this, if you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes, go, uh, subscribe to the YouTube because, um, the video version of this podcast is going to be pretty dope. That's what I'm most excited for. Um, and leave a comment, dude, comment, drop some comments, leave a comment. Tell me, help, help me build this, bro. You know what I mean? If you're listening to this, help me build it. This is for you. This is for you. If you're listening to this right now, send me a DM on Instagram or comment on the video and just tell me what's up, man. Tell me what you want to talk about, what you want to see, who you are. You know, 
let's hang out. This is a space for friends, dude. This is a vibe space, okay? I'm going to have some cool guests for the rest of the year. I got a list. I just made this list the other day. I topped it off um, with some awesome people that I'm going to bring on, and uh, it's going to be cool, man. I'm, I'm very excited. I got a wolf behind me. Fun story about this wolf, dude. Uh, I had a wolf before I even started listening to Joe Rogan. I swear to God, because I know Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan is the wolf man. Okay, he's got so many, he's got like 10 wolves. Already he eats wolf, wolf meat, probably. Uh, this wolf, is, this is a giant picture of a wolf. And I got it when I hosted a stand-up show in Santa Monica. Uh, or no, it was a music show. And I was doing stand-up on the music show. And the, it was being held at this venue that was an art, um, it, it, it wasn't an art gallery. It was like a place where they make prints. I think they're called Pixel or pixels, and they print artwork on different items like phone cases, yoga mats, uh, big canvases. And I did the show, and they were like, hey, you can choose one free piece to bring home with you. And I was like, give me that wolf, dude. I was like, yo, give me that fucking wolf, bro. And so I, I had to bring it home, but it wouldn't fit in my car because it's like five feet by, five, by four feet or something. And so I called an Uber. And I got a, a van, an Uber van, and the van showed up, and the guy offered me $1,000 for the wolf. And I was like, you want $1,000 for my wolf? Uh-uh. My wolf is priceless, bro. And I kept it, dude. And now it's my wolf. It's my wolf vibe. I got wolf vibes in the vibe spot. So uh, I guess it's not a super fun story, but fuck off. It's a story. You know what I mean? Um, what are we coming off of last week? The uh, Oh, Joe Biden's inauguration. Merry, merry inauguration. Merry inauguration to Joe Biden. Um, he, I did that video with Austin. You know, I think the worst, <laughs> from a comedy standpoint, the worst part of Trump not getting elected is um, going to be like, there. it's just going to be less crazy. Like it's going to be, I think Biden getting elected purely from a comedy standpoint was the best thing for comedy. In 2016, Trump getting elected was the best thing for comedy. I don't have I said this before. Fuck, I'm gonna say it again because Trump getting elected in 2016 gave so many people like their own shows, writing jobs were off the chain, like all the late night shows, everything for like two or three years were just popping with crazy Trump material. Everything was fresh. It was funny to call him orange. It was funny to make fun of him for being loud and. And to make fun of Jared Kushner for, for being an idiot and Don Jr. for looking like he's coked out. And then it got to a point in like after three, two and a half, three years where it was like stale. Uh, to me, this is just for me. Maybe for some people it was stale the whole time and it was lowbrow. Whatever, dude. Comedy is subjective. To me, it got stale after about two and a half years. And then I started to notice, oh, this, they're just writing... Um, the he's orange joke a million different ways, but it's the same joke. They're just calling him like pompous and loud, like find some better material guys, you know, and uh, all the impressions started to sound the same until I met Austin, Austin Nasso, the guy that does the Trump impression in uh, some videos that you might've seen on my channel. Phenomenal. Cause he just is Donald Trump's voice. It's, it's insane. But uh, from, a, from purely from a comedy point of view, Trump getting elected in 2016 was perfect. And then it got, tiring for me after like two and a half years. So there was like a year, year and a half where it was just boring. 
And now with Biden coming in, and again, this is not fucking talking about policies or executive orders or anything. I'm just talking comedy and jokes. Biden in office now is the best thing for comedy because now people can stop doing such... Like, if you imagine the, the next four years of, of material that would be pumped out if Trump had gotten elected this year, it'd be fucking awful, okay? Except for a few people. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't do only left-leaning jokes and neither does uh, my buddy J.P. Sears, um, Ryan Long, dude out of New York who's phenomenal, uh, Tim Dillon, obviously, he does some funny... <laughs> Uh, Tim Dillon's got some funny sketch characters, dude. Um, uh, but like, there's a hand, there's a handful of people that would have shown no matter what. Um, but with Biden, I think now the material, uh, hopefully people won't hold back from like knifing Biden with some jokes. You know what I mean? Like I'm definitely not gonna hold back. That's when I, when I, I'll, I'll get really pissed if I see, people shy away from making fun of Kamala or Biden or his administration. Like we got to dude. all these people got to have targets, dude. Like for the right reasons too. Yeah. We can make fun of him for being old as shit. Like I'm going to make fun of him for being on his deathbed. You know what I mean? He's 74, dude. He's really old, you know? So, but those, those are like the easy things. That's like, you know, making fun of Ted Cruz's nose, which I, which I did. And then I got like a long, uh, <laughs> somebody, was commenting on my Instagram, like, dude, you're such a phony, dude. You just made fun of Ted Cruz because he has a big nose, dude. Like, that's so, like, you're, like why can't you just be a real comic, da 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 It's like, dude, I made fun of him for his nose on the podcast where I just kind of talk shit and don't think about it, A. B, not fucking sorry. I'm just talking bullshit on the podcast. You want real jokes, watch the sketches. Um, and C, whatever, dude, make fun of the most obvious thing. For a person roast. And D, fucking fuck Ted Cruz. You know? Who cares? I make fun of Pete Buttigieg for looking like a like a two-year-old. And and so whatever, dude. I don't need to fucking defend myself. But maybe I do. Maybe that's my ego talking um, and my own insecurity coming up. Because that's what we do here. We show our insecurities and we wear them on our sleeve. Okay? That's what we do as we try to work through them. I don't go to therapy. I have a podcast. Now, the, uh, the Biden... <laughs> What I thought was funny about his first like day or two in office is all the executive orders, right? I've seen this three times in a row now. When Obama got in, he signed a bunch of executive orders from the jump, right? And and people like Trump were shitting on him for signing so many executive orders. Trump comes into office, signs a bunch of executive orders as soon as he gets into office. Biden comes into office, signs a bunch of fucking executive orders, dude. Welcome to the new realm of American politics, where we go by executive orders every four years, maybe eight if they get reelected, and then another round of executive orders. I guess if it's a different party, but like back to back to back, imagine we keep flip-flopping, which we probably should from party to party just to keep it even as representative of what America is. Uh, but that's just like nothing would ever really get done. And the thing with these executive orders, it feels like half the country loves them and is like, yeah, obviously that's right. And the other half of the country is like, ah, this and this and this with the jobs and this and this and this with uh, the environment and this and this and this with uh, the pipe, Alaskan, Alaskan pipeline. And everybody's just talking in headlines. That's all people do now. People just talk in, in headlines. It's like headlines speak, dude. 
It's all that there's no, there's no, uh, like uh, some of the people, some of my friends on Facebook that are blown up about this stuff are like comics. Like I see comics on Facebook and maybe they've read into these issues deeply and have a deep understanding, but to immediately say something along the lines of Biden just saved the planet with his executive order or Biden just killed 70,000 jobs with his executive order. Like, both of those statements seem to have kernels of truth. I have I have not done the research, so I am once again talking about something I don't know enough about. But it, it it's just, it's just wild to see people speak in headlines. Um, I guess that's what the fucking social media is for, though, is just for speaking in headlines, so you can get the likes and the follows and the comments and shit. Whatever, dude. It's a fucking nightmare. Uh, the funniest part. Of, uh, of of all the people that are like far far left is um, I'm seeing <laughs> dude are you guys <laughs> I saw uh, the other day this person tweeted something about Trump but instead of tweeting Trump's name they just used asterisks <laughs> dude they said what is it T R U M P five asterisks they said five asterisks was such a bad person, this, this, and this, and this, that I can't believe asterisk, asterisk, five asterisks didn't do this and this and this and this. And then they had a reply. Somebody was like, Oh, well, what do you think about this? And, and then that the first person's response was, well, well, I think five asterisks could have, they, they were just spelling Trump's name with asterisks. And I was like, dude, you're a, you're the fucking problem. You are the problem. Cause you think that using asterisks to spell someone's name is doing something productive. There cannot be more of like a fucking virtue signaling, do nothing behavior than using asterisks to spell Trump's name. That is so stupid. It's so pointless, dude. It's so pointless. Hey, it's pointless. It's so dumb. I couldn't believe it. What the fuck else are you going to... You're just going to do asterisks for everybody you don't like? Who else don't you like? Did you like your first grade teacher when you talk to people? Or are you just going to censor yourself? Like, yeah, remember first grade when Mrs. Beep said that we couldn't go to... Said that we couldn't sit together at recess? It's messed up, right? Yeah, I never liked Mrs. Beep. <laughs> dude, that, that, those type of people are, are the problem, dude. It's, it's those people and the people that will lash out uh, against just the smallest things. I mean, you see that shit on both sides, so whatever. But it was just funny that somebody was using asterisks. That is just the dumbest thing, dude. It was very silly. But whatever. Freedom of speech, right? That's all good. Um, Man. The, uh, oh, watch some sports, dude. Oh, the fucking Tiger Woods documentary, man. You guys watch that yet? It's called Tiger. It's on HBO Max. Um wild dude i have never been i've never really been like a huge golf fan i've never been a fan of golf in general to be honest i always thought it was way too slow i dude i quit baseball in seventh sixth or seventh grade because it was too slow it was too slow i was in the i was in the outfield like looking at the clouds i led the team in you know uh bumblebees counted in bumblebees ran away ran away from that was my stat i had butterflies ca- captured an average of four per game. And uh, 
it was just too slow. And golf was always too slow for me. Now I would actually like to play more because it would be a uh, a break from from the fast pace fast pace of like shooting nonstop and making stuff and editing and working with people. And so to just go out to a a golf course and hit some balls around would be a good break. But uh, uh, having grown up not following golf, I only knew Tiger as like a superstar golfer, but I never knew anything about his brand deals. I never knew anything about obviously his love life or his tabloids shit, uh, which is, which that was an interesting part of the documentary when they started to talk about how Tiger was being like, he was being thrown in the tabloids and shit. Cause in the early two thousands or the late nineties, when social media wasn't a huge thing or even a thing at all, was that MySpace era? I forget when MySpace came out, but the tabloids were like where gossip happened and rumors and scandals and things were trending if they were on the front page of, of uh, the National Enquirer or um, what are other, other tabloids? What are biggest tabloid magazines? I know the National Enquirer was one. Was People one? Oh, yeah. Star, Weekly World News, Sun, The Globe. Um, you know, all those magazines that were in the front at CVS. And, uh, I never knew that he was in those magazines, but I also never knew his relationship with his dad, which was pretty crazy. Like him and his dad had a really interesting relationship because his dad was, um, so involved in how, uh, he wanted his son's career to go. And he thought his son was like the second coming of Christ. Dude. He thought his son was the Messiah, he was going to grow up and be like the biggest humanitarian ever, the biggest golf star, sports star, um, the biggest persona to have ever lived. And he was very, very hands-on. And he also like set a bad example in the documentary. They go into how, I won't ruin the whole thing, but they go into how the dad, Tiger's dad would be like hooking up with girls in a like a camper van on the side of a, of the golf course while tiger was putting he'd be like bringing girls into this camper van that he owned as like an office space or something on the side of a golf course and uh and tiger saw that at a young age and that's how tiger maybe became like a sex addict or whatever um i don't even know if he is a sex addict i actually haven't finished i got like 30 minutes left but it's interesting it was interesting to see that because michael jordan's dad had uh a huge influence in his life that a lot of people don't talk about, dude. And I didn't know about this until I saw the Michael Jordan documentary this summer and did some research into his dad. And I had heard or read somewhere that his dad had like maybe a drinking problem or something. But then I read, read into it a little bit, dude. And, and Michael Jordan's sister apparently wrote uh, a tell all in a book about some pretty shady shit, dude, that Michael Jordan's dad did to her and what he was like around the family and how that could have like put something into Michael or given him some type of like edge or anger or put some type of energy into him. Um, of course, in addition to, you know, growing up with brothers and the competitive drive, but I think it's just very interesting that as a kid, you can have such a huge, you can be influenced in such a huge way by um, a parent, specifically a father. And, and, and really with these two guys, uh, Tiger and Jordan, the best at their sports ever, and to, to rise and become 
the greatest at what you do um, and to be known for like a crazy hard work ethic and a crazy drive, it's very interesting. Uh, it's also interesting that <laughs> I grew up with a single mom. So <laughs> whatever I got going on is because of you, mom. Uh, and I don't know what that is. I guess maybe we'll look back at the Brent Pella documentary in 20 years and figure it out. But uh, it was really interesting to see that and, and how much effort Tiger put in. And honestly, dude, his sex stuff, like I, I'm just now, I'm getting into the part of, of part two of two in the documentary where they're going into his trips to Vegas and like all that shit. And dude, Honestly, like, I bro, he was he was out there getting the highest class escorts, and he was new to the fame and like the cameras and shit. He was super uncomfortable with it, and every aspect of his life was like manicured and controlled. Dude, I'm not mad at him. I don't blame him for going to Vegas and spending six figures on like somebody. One of the uh, people in the documentary said he he would hire ten girls. <laughs> Bro, he would hire 10 girls, 10 of the highest class Vegas escorts, dude. I'm not mad at him, bro. Whatever you got to do to keep being Tiger Woods, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you, should, you shouldn't cheat on your wife. You should not, um, you know, live a double life. And I recognize that first and foremost, right? But at the same time, too, you got a billion dollars. You want to have sex with 10 women and come back to your kids and just be Tiger Woods? Let him have sex with 10 women. Let the guy have sex with 10 women. Let him have sex with 10 women. And then maybe, like, don't have sex with 10 women for another year. I don't know. Am I wrong? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to think about this more. Maybe I'm once again talking about something that I don't know enough about. But I don't... I, I'm also co- contradicting myself when I say that he should respect his marriage and he also gets to have sex with 10 women. But maybe what I'm trying to say is I understand why he would want to bang 10 chicks at the same time in a private hotel suite in Vegas without anyone knowing. And then as soon as he walks out of that hotel, he's got every camera in the city on him wherever he goes. I, have, I can't imagine what that's like, dude. I was in Texas. Uh, the last time I was in Texas was what the fall, maybe September or something when I went out to visit JP October. And, uh, I was walking, I parked, I walked across the street to a smoothie spot. I have my backpack on and I heard a truck, some guy in a truck yell out, Hey man, Hey yo. And I turned around he was like, yo, are you that dude from YouTube? And I looked, I thought I was like me, me, He's like, yeah, bro, aren't you the guy from the videos? And I was like, yeah, I, I think so. If you got the right guy. Like, this does not happen often, dude. And every time it does, the first thing I feel is weird. Because it's weird for a stranger. That's the first thing. Obviously, the second thing I feel is, like, immense gratitude and happiness. As long as the person isn't like, fuck you, dude. I fucking hate your shit. <laughs> Can you imagine if he's like, are you the guy from YouTube? Yo, your shit fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> Gavin Newsom? Yeah, right, dude. More like you're a piece of shit. <laughs> but like, there, it's it's always pleasant. It's always really kind, and 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 so I feel really good. But the very the um, the immediate feeling to be recognized in public by a stranger is uh, uncomfortable because it's not in our nature to like. 
be recognized and like known by somebody that we don't know. I think like if like imagine if somebody knows who you are and you have no idea who that person is, but they know exactly who you are. They know your name. They might know your birthday. They might like have some things in mind that you've said that they can quote you on. And so that's weird, man. That's just, and it, that, it's not a good weird. It's not a bad weird. It's just straight up weird. It's just different. So that's like, and that's me as a Y list celebrity. Okay. Now tiger as an A list, I can only imagine, dude, I can only imagine how crazy that is. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to Vegas to have sex with 10 girls. Maybe I'm not doing that right now, but <laughs> I'm not doing, I can't afford that, dude. I can't even afford one of those girls. Um, but also I, I don't have any interest in hiring girls for sex. Although I do support sex workers. Um, I can't imagine what the fuck it would have been like to be Tiger Woods in those days where he was coming up and huge. So I like, I get it, dude. I get it. He also like didn't do drugs or anything. So would like when you get that famous that fast and you're that young and uncomfortable with it, what do people typically do? They typically do drugs, alcohol, um, or they like cheat on their wives and shit. Or they don't do any of that and they just live a normal life and figure out how to handle it. But if you really can't handle it, if you don't have the mental chemistry in your brain that allows you to figure out how to handle it, then I don't know what else you do. If you if you really get help, even if you get like therapy, you get help, you talk to your partner, your significant other, your family, your friends, you try your hardest to, to make this work because you're uncomfortable and and, and you try to figure out ways to find some semblance of control and privacy in your life. But what if you just can't find that? What if you can't find that, that privacy that you so desperately want and that control that you so desperately think that you need because all of your life is controlled? The only place it seemed like Tiger had control was on the golf course. That was it. He can control his game. He's, he's, it's, it felt like from watching the documentary that he's not in control of really anything else. I mean, technically he is, but like when you sign a contract with these brands at such a huge rate of money, when there's so much money riding on it, you're opening foundations, you're doing charity work. You got Buick and McDonald's and Nike or whatever the fuck else he had for hundreds of millions of dollars. It's like, dude, once you sign with those people, like you're, you have to do these commercials. You have to put in this time. You have to do these signings. You have to show up at this place at this time for this amount of time and say these things at this microphone in front of these people and take these pictures. And so to do that over and over and over and over and over again, and the only place you have is the golf course, but even there you have to perform well. So you're still under your own pressure, which is probably more than all of those places. And guys, am I trying to validate Tiger Woods having sex with 10 beautiful women in a hotel room? Yes. I, I, I know that I am, but I'm also trying to dissect that shit because it's really fucking interesting when you really dive deep into where this dude was. And I would rather do that than get hooked on drugs. Um, it's probably cheaper. It's way better for your body. And uh, I don't know. I don't know, dude. Um, you know, I first and foremost, don't cheat on your wife. But at the same time, dude, like when you really think about that shit, 
I understand why someone like that would want privacy and control. So it's crazy. Um, also, Conor McGregor got knocked the fuck out. That was wild. I don't know if you guys watched that fight, but uh, damn. I kind of wish he had won, though, because I really want to do this Jake Paul video. I think I waited too long. Although I do have the full costume. I have the beard. I have the wig. I should do it before Jake Paul changes his look because he's probably going to do something stupid. with his. That's, that's the next step for these kids that are like crazy rich and YouTube famous. They, they always need to change their look to something crazy um, to stay relevant. So I'm sure he's going to either go like fully bald uh, or he's going to um, dye his hair some dumb shit or get like some fucking face tattoo. So I should probably do this Jake Paul impression pretty quick. Maybe I'll do it this week. Um, but I wanted McGregor to win because I wanted, if he had won, I felt like he might've responded to Jake Paul after that, but also fuck Jake Paul. You know what I mean? You need to, you need to earn your way to a shot to have a fight with McGregor. You need to earn that shit. Uh, not, you can't just sign, you can't just pay $50 million to fight Conor McGregor. That's not, you know, money, money talks, but um, I'm I'm happy that Connor didn't just take that check and uh, and do it as a um, as a marketing thing. It would have been a marketing fight at the end of the day. Um, Logan Paul and and Floyd Mayweather is interesting because Floyd Mayweather is just so rich he doesn't give a shit. He's also at the top of his game. Didn't he retire already? And he's just coming back to fuck around with Logan Paul. I don't know. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, we're chilling. We're chilling. We're having a good time, man. Oh, Tom Brady going back to the Super Bowl. Holy shit. That guy's old as fuck. He's 42. Tom Brady is so old, man. And he's still doing it. That's crazy, dude. Tom Brady is so old, dude. Wow. He's going back to the Super Bowl again. And I grew up a huge Patriots fan, so I am so distraught. I'm happy for Tom because I love Tom Brady. He's the greatest football player to have ever lived in my eyes. Uh, but I mean, we had a good run Patriots fans. We had a good run, dude. My whole family's from the East coast. Um, I'm first generation California. My family is, is mostly out in Rhode Island. Uh, some grew up in Maryland, but the, the nucleus, uh, arrived in Rhode Island from, from Italy. And so I was raised a, a Patriots fan. We would go back out there every summer for training camps. I'll go with my grandfather and, uh, so it was a bummer to see them just get shit on this year. But it's to be expected. I mean, it was full full rebuilding year. So hopefully they get their shit together next year. But if even if it takes a couple more years before they're like playoff contenders and, and doing really well in the postseason, uh, we had a good run. It was a good run. Um, and we'll see if Tom can do it, dude. I think he can. He's so good. He's got another two years after this maybe. I don't think he'll retire after this year. He looks the same he did he looked this year the same way he did like two or three years ago. I don't know what this man is eating, but it is probably not legal. Uh whatever dude, whatever Tom Brady is eating, give that shit to Joe Biden, dude. Whatever because they're the same age. Did you know they're the same age? Tom Brady is the same age as Joe Biden. Okay? Same age. And Tom Brady is throwing monster touchdown passes. And Joe Biden is throwing himself into bed to go to sleep at 1 p.m. That's the difference. That's the difference. Whatever Tom Brady has in his diet, give that shit to Joe Biden immediately. Okay? We're going to need it. We need the president of the United States 
to be at least as healthy as Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't think anybody's as healthy as Tom Brady, but we got to get we got to get Joe Biden on the TB12 program. That's what we need. We need to get Joe Biden some supplements, dude, some prebiotics, some probiotics, dude. We need to get Joe Biden's gut health checked. In. How's Joe How's Joe Biden's gut health? Dude, I feel like if you if you cut open Joe Biden's stomach and you opened it up, there would be like dust that just came out and like two moths would just go and fly away. <laughs> oh my goodness, this man is old. I wish him the best. I wish him the best uh, as far as like uniting people. I don't hope all of his policies go through because I don't agree with all of his policies. So I can't wish him the best on all of his policies. Um, but I do wish him the best with trying to bring people together. And, uh, you know, maybe, God, we got what Tom Brady, I, re, I once read that Tom Brady eats avocado ice cream. Okay, we got to get Joe Biden some avocado ice cream. All right. That's what we got to do. Uh, we'll figure it out. Guys, we're going to be all right. We're going to be okay. Um, do me a favor. And uh, if you like the pod, drop a like. Really helps on the algorithm, on the YouTube thing. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And, um, and hit me up, dude. I read comments. I do. I don't read, I don't read them all the time, but when I do, I try to read all of them and I get why some people never read comments. I totally understand that. But once you build a thick enough skin to not let negative ones affect you and to ignore ones that are just outlandish and ridiculous, then the comments become an audience reaction because it, it stand up. I get an immediate reaction. If a joke is good, I get laughter. I get claps. I, I get claps. I get laughter. Uh, if a joke is bad, I don't get shit. I get a weird feeling in my chest. And so the equivalent to that is positive comments. Um, and, and like negative comments, dude, I've actually gotten some comments that have like helped. Like I, I, I read comments to get feedback on, on characters and impressions. And it's literally helped me. So when I tell you to leave a comment, like drop a cool one. Don't think this is a reason to like give me fucking constructive criticism on every video. Cause I can tell that shit too. Like there was a guy who left like direction <laughs> on a couple different videos. He was like, dude, your cadence on this video. And then you're and dude, if you look a little more to the right, you get a little more lighting on your cheek. And, and I was like, motherfucker, I know what I'm doing. Okay. I don't need that type of shit. All right. But I, I, I will say that my Joe Biden impression has improved tenfold since the first time I did it. I think the first time I did Biden was on the, uh, Joe Rogan presidential debate with Biden and Trump. Right. And my Biden was like, looking back on it, it's really bad. It's not good at all. Um, and at the time I was still trying to figure it out, but looking back, I'm like a weird, like Colonel Sanders with a smoking problem. Like it's Southern. There's like some weird Southern, there's like this weird back of the throat thing, but it was whispery. And now it's, it's different. He's like a folks. Come on, man. Like, it's just, um, that's not it. Cause I'm not warmed up, <laughs> but it's better now because I read a couple of comments. Some were like really mean, but I can ignore those and see the, the comments that are like, hey, bro, like, why are you Southern? And I was like, oh, you're, maybe I am Southern. I didn't even realize that, you know? Um, I don't know what the fuck this part of the rant is about. Jesus. 
But I guess I'm just saying, uh, drop a positive comment, bro. Really helps the algorithm, okay? Helps my career, all right? And helps you have a better show. Because I'm trying to make this show for all of us, dude. This is a for us show. The podcast is something I'm doing for us, okay? So if you're part of the family, if you're part of the Pella party, dude, the party of vibes, then show your vibes, dude. Drop a vibe comment, okay? Drop a like, drop a subscribe. Uh, follow the pod on Instagram where I do clips. And uh, I'm going to try to bring someone on this year as kind of a podcast producer, kind of editor type role. Um, probably starting small, but hopefully getting to the point where I can cut together some clips from some guest interviews. And if, if I ever end up saying something halfway funny during these solo bullshit rants, uh, then I will upload that as a clip too. All right. And we're gonna have a good time, dude. And I'm gonna try to get rid of this echo. I'm gonna listen to it back after this and, uh, see what it sounds like. And, um, hopefully over the next couple weeks, we'll get some, uh, some cool improvements. Okay. And that's it, man. I love you guys. I'm gonna wrap it up right now. All right. Peace and love, everybody. Drink a lot of water this week, okay? Drink a lot of water this week. You need it. You're probably dehydrated. All right? See you guys.